Don't be afraid of rejection or failing. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? If you don't win or if you or if you fail, yeah. So what? Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> like it, it, no one succeeds, no one comes out victorious through anything in life without falling on their face. To me in my experience, pain is like the shadow side or the other face of love. They they're interconnected. Yeah. When you some someone else said this from somewhere and I picked it up. Pain is a memory that someone was there. Yeah. So now when I feel a bit of pain or grief, I actually smile because I was like, for some moment in my life, that person was there. Yeah. And they made me feel loved and they made me feel happy. So the pain is really love. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that, Max? <laughs> oh my God, how remarkable. <laughs> Comment on space. Oh, I love saying no to people now. It is actively something I love doing. (laughs) Because you know what? I don't like spreading myself thin too much because I'm then not giving enough of myself to every situation. If someone like wants me to be involved in a project or do something or be a part of something, I really take the time to actually be like, okay, how is this going to benefit both parties? Can I show up the best person, the best version of myself? And do I have the mental and physical capacity to do this right now? I'm not a yes person anymore. I am a yes to things that are incredibly important to me, but if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And I love, I love saying no now. And that is something (laughs) I think a lot of people struggle with because we're people pleasers, a lot of us by nature. Right, okay. I think when love is created, it is created at a point in time and it will always be linked to a point in time. You as a person will outgrow that point in time. And I think sometimes you can grow with love. Love will grow with you. Or sometimes love will be stagnant and sometimes love can grow away. But you start, if you start with love, sometimes it's hard to let go of something because you think love is the be all and end all. And it is. But if love is the only thing that's keeping you there. Yeah also not good. Love has to be in conjunction with all things in life. Well, dear people, welcome to another episode of A Journey with Bernie. Oh, dear people, I I got no idea where this episode is going to end up. I just want to let you know I've just spent the last hour and a half hearing the most incredible story. And here's the interesting part is the story actually started in episode 18. Is that correct, Bella? It sure you, is. You know, you know the episodes better than I do. <laughs> episode 18, when I first walked into Joey's Cafe, 6.30 a.m. in the morning, and here I'm, I'm the third customer that morning. You are the first and the second. I'm referring to the woman that was your mum that was sitting opposite you. And I walked in and here you were crocheting. (laughs) (laughs) Dear listeners, do you remember that episode? The the woman who I said, why are you crocheting at 6.30 a.m. in the morning? And she says, oh, this is just part of my meditation. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. Back for more. I'm so excited. But we have to be back. Bella, because the story that's unfolded 
since I last met you, what do you reckon? Was it a year ago? About a year, yeah. About a year ago. About a year ago, yep. Oh, dear folks, it's an incredible, beautiful, life-enhancing story, and and I've just heard the guts of it. And what I've learned at 64 years of age is how through the the mediums of technology, we actually have such an amazing opportunity to spread love and goodness and creativity and joy all around the world because you're going to hear how Bella Cameron has done that so recently in her life. Oh, let's just get on with the story. Bella, (laughs) can we go back? to episode 18 because you introduced to me a word that I'd never heard of. (laughs) And since then, I reckon seven guests have inadvertently (laughs) used that word and I've gone, it actually does exist. It wasn't just a Bella Cameron creation. The word was unlearning. But can you please explain why that word was meaningful in the context of the episode 18 story? Give us a three-minute summary of that story and unlearning. So when we connected last time over the podcast, I think you were meeting me at a really pivotal point in my life where I was faced with a few options and I had to choose to unlearn things that were making me unhappy, letting go of baggage, letting go of previous life experiences that were holding me back, letting go of parts of myself that were holding me back, unlearning all of those things and kind of growing into the newer, more developed version of myself. So kind of letting go of like that quote unquote version of success, what we're we're put on to grow up to be, who we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to look like, what we're supposed to do to be successful. I had to kind of throw all of that in the garbage and be like, I'm going to write my own story. I'm going to do what makes me happy to my core, follow, follow my gut instinct and kind of forge my own path through crochet. Who knew? (laughs) But who was telling you that you had to be these things? Where were those messages coming from? I think it was just a combination of everything, Bernie. I think growing up, going to – I was very privileged to go to like a private school, get a very, very good quality education, which I loved, by the way. I'm a nerd. I like studying. (laughs) (laughs) I I loved all of that. But, you know, there were were pressures on me to succeed in the traditional sense, you know, university, tertiary education. Yeah. Go off to into the corporate world, you know, earn earn lots of money, do the things that I guess all parents want their kids to be successful in those kind of means. But I think what I learned in my mid mid to late twenties was that that path is not for everyone, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay to to chase something uh, a little bit later on in your I guess like your early adult life. I think a lot of people think by the time you're thirty, you have you have everything figured out. You've got your job, you've got your family, you've got your kids, you're married. I've got none of that. <laughs> and I'm more happier than ever. So I think I could be onto something. Who knows? Well, I'll tell you what, the listeners would be hearing it right now because it's the most beautiful, joyous face, dear, dear people. OP2, you got. That's I said a, that, I was a nerd. I wasn't that's joking. That's a high academic, academic score. Yeah. Yeah. How did it manifest itself, these pressures? Um, 
What type of uh, – I'm making up the word now, Bella. Illness did it create? What type of mind condition did it create? Where did you actually get to as a result of these pressures? I think – I mean, I'm, there are no regrets here. I just want to be, like, clear with the people listening. Like, I loved being a nerd and getting good grades and succeeding. That, that was never something I never enjoyed. I did enjoy it at the time. However – uh, it's not for everyone and the continued pressure to succeed academically did eventually break me down. I yeah. suffered very chronic anxiety, which I still do to this day, but I manage it and uh, eating disorder issues and a whole bunch of mental health issues that ended up taking me out of university and ended up um, I had to get I had to get mental health treatment and, yeah. and, and ongoing treatment um, because I, I wasn't coping and there was there was something missing in my life and what that was was like I guess the purpose and the drive as to why am I doing this? Why am I why am I working so hard for things that seem so hard? Things just weren't easy. And I don't think life needs to be easy, but when you're really slogging yourself away at something, sometimes it's your body telling you, This is not the path for you. This yeah. is not right. Yeah. There is something missing here. And I think that's why I had to kind of step back away from myself and be like, if this was happening to someone else, what would you say to them? Yeah. You would say, let it go. Yeah. It's not for you. Yeah. And and that's okay. So I guess, yeah, it, it ended up going down a few dark paths, but I think it's all meant to be for the reason it's all meant to be anyway. What replaced that? I mean, I'm not looking at that person now. I'm not looking at a person now who even looks as though she's got a dark wrinkle. Um, I'm looking at a person with a great deal of happiness and, and joy. So what was the answer to that dark past? I had to really tell myself to slow down. I had to really like break the burnout cycle. I had to break the expectation cycle of myself. I had to say to myself for a few years, Bella, you just need to be at peace with where you are. Yeah. You need to slow down. You need to really evaluate like where your life is going. Are you happy with yourself? If you're not, how can we change it? Are you happy with what you're doing? If not, how can we change it? And not be focused on outcomes straight away. Comment, please. On, do we have a need? Would would you suggest? Do you value continuous creation of space, so that you've always got time to evaluate, reflect? Is what I'm doing a true reflection of me? Comment on space. Oh, I love saying no to people now. It is yeah. actively something I love doing. Yeah. <laughs> because you know what? I don't like spreading myself thin too much because I'm then not giving enough of myself to every situation. Yeah. If someone like wants me to be involved in a project or do something or be a part of something, I really take the time to actually be like, okay, how is this going to benefit both parties? Can I show up the best person, the best version of myself? And do I have the mental and physical capacity to do this right now. Yeah. I'm not a yes person anymore. Yeah. I am a yes to things that are incredibly important to me. Yeah. But if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And I love I love saying no now. And that is something <laughs> I think a lot of people struggle with because we're people pleasers, a lot of us by nature. Right. Okay. Hardworking people like to like to take on all these things and be involved in ample amounts of projects all the time. But sometimes when you limit your when you limit yourself, you give yourself some space for everything going on in your life, those things that you've left space for can actually have room to grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When everything yeah. is so clustered, 
it, it it's not going to grow as fruitfully as you would want it to be. Well, yeah. in my experience, that's the case anyway. So what are you saying yes to now? Like, you get concrete about it. What actually has arrived in your into your life that you're going, yes, 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 this is me? I guess taking on really big creative projects that seem out of scope to me. Yeah. And allowing myself to have the courage and like believe in myself to actually chase after that. In what field? What are you doing? Uh, so I just came out of being a part of, as a finalist of the Australian Wearable Art Fashion Festival. What, 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 what art festival? The Australian Wearable Art Fashion Festival. Wearable. Fe- wearable. Spell wearable. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> W-E-A-R-A-B-L-E. Wear- uh, wearable art. Okay. So this is dresses. <laughs> it's it's anything that is wearable on the human body, right. and it's an expression of art in its own in its own right. It's okay. wearable art. It this was a question that was posed at the post artist meetup with all of the other artists. What is wearable art? <laughs> it was a very interesting discussion, <laughs> and I think all of us had a different answer to that. But I think wearable art is something that sits comfortably on the human body, and is it an expression of an artist's I guess, concept yeah. or, or true self. So it's a canvas. The human body is a canvas in its own way. Uh, so the Wearable Art Festival is really about celebrating art um, on the human body, creating entertainment, love, like love for art and passion and all of those things all at once. It's truly, an, it was truly an amazing experience. So is your purpose that competition or is your purpose continually creating wearable art. What is your purpose now that's replaced? I think the being a part and being a finalist of the show has opened up a gateway, yeah. a community, and has opened up a community of artists who welcome me with open arms. It's opened up a medium for me that I didn't even know yeah. I could do yeah. and that I could do well. Uh, yeah, it definitely has opened up a new kind of avenue to pursue my passions. I mean, when you say you crochet, you don't automatically think you're going to become an artist and a and, and a shown artist and a, an award-winning artist. You don't automatically assume that because it's hard to know where these creative roads lie. It's hard to navigate this space. Yeah. It's truly a bit bit tricky when you're first getting into it. But yeah, being a part of this show, being a finalist uh, and the show going very well um, has opened up the whole new world for me, actually. Yeah. It, who knew it was there? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in love with it. You didn't even know it was there, did you? No, not until <laughs> my cousin Maddie. Shout out to Maddie. She, she sent me a text message in January saying, "Bella, you need to apply for this show," and I was like. Okay, sure. <laughs> I didn't have an artist CV. I didn't have a portfolio. I had to really have a bit of fake it till you make it energy to get through the initial selection process to get into the show. So you become a finalist in a show and you don't even have the the resources to apply properly. No, I, I, had, <laughs> I had never even taken a measurement to fit a garment to a body. It was truly <laughs> the blind leading the blind in this situation. I really had to upskill fast. It was a vacuum for skill learning I had to get I had to get good I had to get good fast is, is, is there a message there around being that bold uh, a message yeah. about stepping into the unknown what did you discover about that's good for you about being bold and about going into this unknown territory don't be afraid of rejection or failing yeah. what's the worst that can happen if you don't win or if you or if you fail? 
Yeah. So what? Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> like, it, it, no one succeeds, no one comes out victorious through anything in life without falling on their face a whole bunch of times. And let me tell you, after the fittings I had with my model over the months leading up to the show, I had many moments in tears in my room. I had to cut the garment apart, redo it, like hours of work. I had over 100 hours of work that was ditched. Right. That wasn't even shown on the runway. Wow. Because it didn't work. It wasn't right. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't good enough. My gut was telling me not to include it. Yeah. And I had to really let go and say, you know what? It's not good enough. To the side. Move on. Yeah. Keep going. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I think we better cut to the chase, hey? <laughs> <laughs> How did you go in the competition? Well, I ended up taking home supreme winner. I ended up winning the show. I couldn't even take a measurement off a model. And I ended up winning winning the whole show. It's truly been a whirlwind. But when you say you won it, we're talking about an international show here. Yeah. Tell us more about the 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 other applicants. So the Australian Wearable Art Fashion Festival really is a showcase for just amazing textile designers, textile artists, um, fashion fashion designers. It, it is a pool for some very amazing, very amazing talent here. There were garments from LA. There were garments from Germany, Poland. There were there were entrants from like all over the world and all over Australia. Yeah. And um, it was just. In all honesty, I arrived on the Friday, on the Friday afternoon, I saw everyone unpacking their garments and I was like, okay, we're just happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's work was so amazing. Here's me in my little colourful outfit, like, you know, walking around backstage being like, okay, cool, we're just happy to be here. Everyone's work is phenomenal, like truly soulful, truly phenomenal work. There, There wasn't really any garments that I was thinking, oh, I don't have to worry about that one. Everyone had an amazing story. Yeah. Everyone came with heart. Everyone came with soul. And everyone was so nice. It wasn't the competitive environment you can imagine. Yeah. Everyone was for the collective experience of let's make everyone's experience amazing, help each other out, thread each other's needles, help each other get into the models, get into their shoes. Like there wasn't that cutthroat mentality. So that, it almost made it worse because it was like, I like all these people. I want all of these people to succeed. They're all amazing humans. It it was an amazing experience. I've got, I got a funny question. Why, why were they all like that? Why did this environment actually attract those type of people? Have you got a, have you got a thought around, is it the nature of what, the creative nature of what everybody was doing? Does creativity create joy so it doesn't really matter whether we win, lose or draw, you know? Thoughts think, on that? I think so. I think, I mean, to get into the show, you obviously have to exhibit that you have a certain, I guess, a spirit of art and creativity and you yeah. have something special about you. You have a story, you have a skill set that is very unique. Yeah. So I think when you put these people into a room, everyone comes into an art space with a story. A lot of the stories came through through pain and grief. A lot of stories were very moving um, on the runway. A lot of people, there were many nurses who yeah. were involved, who were, who were nurses that then would use their supplies, like thrown out supplies from the hospital to make yeah. beautiful Garments. Yeah. Everyone's coming into it from different different perspectives, but I think what we all share at the crux of it is that we're all people that are kind of like solitudinal people. We, we spend a lot of time alone creating, creating art and 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 creating on our own. But put us all together in a room, we have that understanding that we all walk the same path. Our paths are parallel. 
you know, we have different partners, husbands, lives, children or not. But when it all comes down to it, we're all people that spend a lot of time focusing on art on a human body. So we we understand each other. We've walked that same walk. So that's why we wanted each other to succeed because we know how much time it takes for us to get there. We know the, the, the blood, the sweat, the tears that goes into being a part of that show. So you only want the best for like your competitors. You don't want them to fail on the yeah. runway. You don't yeah. want them to to not have a good time backstage. If they're having a moment, like I was in tears a few times over the weekend just because it was so emotional. They all hugged me. They all loved me. They all gave me just this immense amount of passion and support. And I haven't really found that many times in life, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I found my people. It's wow. really cool. It's a very special thing to feel belonged by a community. Yeah. That's a very special thing. Yeah. So thank you. All the artists, you're amazing. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Bella, why did you win? I mean, I do I mean, when it comes when it comes down to it, I do believe that the piece I put out onto the runway exhibited the best that I could possibly give. I can say that I poured every single thing into what I put onto the runway. Um, for those who haven't seen it yet, it was a, a crocheted garment that was inspired by my babushka. It, the piece was actually called... Babushka? Dis- babushka, yes. What's a babushka? Babushka is a grandmother. Uh, it's a right. term for grandmother. I have Ukrainian heritage. So my piece was called Dear Babushka. And this crocheted, um, this crocheted garment was all in tribute to um, my grandmother and my Ukrainian heritage. And I was really proud to showcase that. And it was all about hitting that nostalgic, happy, joyful childhood moments. And I think the note that I hit on the runway to the judges, to the audience, I think I hit a commonality with all humans is that we are all yearning for that, just that little moment of childlike joy, especially with the world at this moment. I, what do you mean by that, the world at this moment? I just, What's your reference here? I just think we live in a really fast-paced world, a, a, a very kind of sad world, a very brutal world at times at the moment in many in many areas of life. And I think we're all just wanting to go back to a simpler time where we're spending time with our grandma in the garden, doing yeah. very mindful, just simple tasks. And that's what I wanted my garment to evoke was a sense of childlike joy, connecting with your inner child, feeling that happy, joyful, just spark, even for a minute. And I think when I, you know, when I watched the video back of my amazing model, Stephanie, on the runway, just watching the people's faces as they're watching her, you know, prance down the runway, it was just magical. People stopped. They were looking. They weren't on their phones. They weren't even talking. They were just looking and smiling and gazing at it. And just taking that in was really special. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to pick three words or, you know, a hyphenated (laughs) word's okay. A phrase is okay, okay. But what's changed for you, let's say since the podcast, because the Bella Cameron that I met there was coming out of that day. She was in that transitional almost moment, I think, that Bella. Yeah, this is one year on. And now you're the winner of this um, what is the Australian Wearable Art Fashion wearable. Festival. <laughs> <laughs> wearable art. And I've seen the outfit. Oh my god, dear people. It's like it's like something from Alice in Wonderland. It's, <laughs> it's like the mad hatter. <laughs> Definitely. 
He would approve for sure. He would have approved. He, he, he would, would love have approved. it. And yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That, I'm happy with that. And I saw the video of your beautiful model um, with your with your your masterpiece. And she was on, on that runway for two or three minutes and I saw all the people sitting either side of that runway just captivated by, by the whole expression of the wearable art, you know. Three words that describe the biggest change in you as a result of the previous experiences. What's come into your life? In, describe it in three words. Uh, having courage, for courage, sure. For elaborate sure. Elaborate a little bit more. Allowing myself to actually chase a goal down to fruition. Right. Like a, having the courage to apply to the show and then see it out. The garment took me 900 hours. So yeah. it was a huge test of my, like, believing in myself ability. Yeah. Um, so having the courage to see that through. Definitely courage. I need, I need to explore a little bit more. Yeah. Is it? Is courage only appeared for you with respect to the creation of this garment for this competition or has it manifested itself into your life with more completeness? I think little like droplets of it were coming in, like doing the podcast with you, verbalising my story and then having a few other things afterwards were kind of giving me a little taste of it. And I started to really think, hey, I could be onto something here. Everyone else is backing me. You know, Bernie thinks I'm awesome. My mum thinks I'm cool. Maybe, maybe I'm onto something here. And there maybe was, you are cool. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to, I had to like think. I, I was, I was getting all this outside chatter from other people, and I, at some point, I had to take that on. Forgive the intrusion, fellow adventurers, but this seemed like a great time for the first of today's loaded questions. So whose voice are you listening to? Or take a step back. Are you even aware that you're listening to a voice at all? Because we're all listening to someone's voice. And it is so easy to be distracted by, to be diluted by your own self-limiting thoughts. So instead of giving them the time of day, not, why not focus on the voices of those who see value in you? Who are they? Who's speaking the truth about you? Why not accept that what matters is that you recognize the great value and the possibilities that are already a part of you? Why not take hold of the remote control, change channels, and start to look at the goodness and the value that is you. Let's give that a red-hot go together. What are the other two words? Love, because I think if you're going to succeed at anything, and again, it's not about the winning title, but if you want to succeed in yourself and feel like you've been successful, if you aren't approaching a situation with the intent of pouring love and happiness into something, then I don't think you're going to get the outcome you, you want. If you're going into something, I was going into making this garment, I truly just wanted to pour just like happy memories and love and my soul into something. Happy memories? 
Uh, yeah, so I, because the piece was called Deba Bushka, it is definitely like immortalizing my grandmother and like early childhood memories that just bring me so much joy and and love and I can feel it through my body. So putting that into a garment, I just like unapologetically allowed it to flow through me into this piece in a way I've never allowed it before. I kind of surrendered to the process and just allowed myself to feel all the feelings, good, bad, ugly, sad, happy, painful, beautifully painful, beautiful, beautifully lovable into, into something. Because I think love is something that connects every human. Everyone wants to feel um, love and belonging and a sense of community. And everyone can remember a time where they felt that, that, that pure love. Yeah. And, and that's what I wanted to bring out in the garment. Babushka's no longer with you, no. with us. No, 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 no. She passed away when I was 12, so yeah. a long time ago now. Yeah. And it took me a long time to work through my grief. And funnily enough, this nine-month process of working on this garment was really the the, the time where I worked through my grief. It took me like 16 years yeah. or something like that. <laughs> Don't question my math, please. But yeah. it took me a long time to work through that grief. And I don't think it matters who that person in your life is, like mother, father, grandmother, whatever. If you have a soulful connection with someone and someone passes away, it could be anyone in your life, there is a, a grief that you have to work through. And for me, I am someone that sometimes put things on the burner because I can't deal with it yet. That's that's a later Bella problem to deal with. And this was the time to, to deal with it. And I had to allow myself to sit with it, allow myself to sit in the pain, allow myself to really see it from a different perspective. And what I came out from at Bernie was that I found out that pain was really just my love that had been warped. So pain was love with a different face. So when I broke through that barrier of feeling the immense pain, like physical pain, like heart wrenching pain of dealing with that grief, once I broke through that barrier, all I could feel was love. It was an overwhelming sense of love. And when I worked through that into the garment, I think that's evident in, in the piece I put out on the runway. It makes everyone feel happy and joyful and smile and laugh and that to me, like my job's done. If I never make another garment like that again, like I've done that and I've yeah. put that out into the world and I'm so happy that I had the opportunity to do that and immortalise my babushka in, yeah, in that you're, way. You're, you're blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, here's what I'm hearing. Now, am I tearing up here or not? Yes. yes. Yeah, I am. I'm tearing <laughs> up here, right? Because here's what I just heard. Right? You, you're talking about pain and grief, and then you used an absolute beautiful phrase, something about the other side of, the other face of. Can you repeat that? To me, in my experience, pain is like the shadow side or the other face of love. They're, they're interconnected. Yeah. When you – some someone else said this from somewhere and I picked it up. Pain is a memory that someone was there. Yeah. So now when I feel a bit of pain or grief, I actually smile because I was like, for some moment in my life, that person was there yeah. and they made me feel loved and they made me feel happy. So the pain is really love. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that, folks? <laughs> oh, my God, how remarkable. <laughs> the pain. 
It's not something it's not something to cower away from. Of course you've got to process things on your own time, but when the time's ready, I'm sure someone listening to this might be going through some sort of grief. Um when the time is ready, just allow yourself to sit with it. It's not as scary as you think it's going to be. Yeah. It will be painful, but you'll come out of the other side remembering the love more than the pain. Yeah. 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 So you were able to take the pain and grief of losing your babushka so many, many years ago, but you were able to turn the face of pain and grief around and bring all the memories and feelings of love for her and it flowed through your crocheting fingers <laughs> into the work that you've created. Yeah, that's right. So um, the work that you created was an act of? Just an act of love, tribute, you know. I uh, made a video that I never posted online, but it was I was very emotional and I never ended up posting it because I, I guess there were some parts that I wanted to keep to myself about yeah. the process. But it was about a month out and I was feeling really tired, really drained, like tired to the core, exhausted. And I was talking in this video about how I wanted to make the, the look bright and big, so bright, so big that wherever she was, she could see it. Yeah. And I hope that she would. And I truly think that she did. Like I get the feeling <laughs> like she she did. Whatever, wherever she was, I I just wanted to make it shine and for her. How can she – you're tearing up now. I know, you're getting me now, Bernie. I, I hope we get through this podcast, these people. <laughs> <laughs> when you say you hope that she sees it, how does she see it? She's passed away. How I mean, do, I what, – What do you believe there? I, I don't really subscribe to any particular school of thought, but I do believe that there is more that we don't know, and I'm an optimist – I do believe when people when people go at times they might revisit back to check in and I do believe like our blood our family ties live within us as well. I do believe that that we carry them with us throughout processes and oh. and for me with this process of making this garment in tribute to her and really all the women in my life who have carried me along with their journey as well I could feel her there were times where I could physically feel her around me and it was emotional and very overwhelming, but yeah. I could feel her there. Yeah. Yeah. It does was it, interesting. Does it does that mean what you just said, that, that you see us as a spiritual being, that the spirit lives on? I, I, I do believe that. I don't know how it manifests or where or well, where we go, I don't know. <laughs> That's the great question in life, isn't it? But I do believe that where there's love, there's connection. And whether someone's here or not, physically or not, that connection is always present. Wow. That connection's never broken. Yeah. Love never just disappears. Yeah. Love is always there. And you can yeah. draw back on that anytime. You yeah. can you can you can feel that beautiful connection and at any time you want. Yeah. And I'm at that point now in my my grief journey where if I want to feel her, all I have to do is just literally just go inside and remember her and yeah. I feel the love. And that is a really hard point to get to when you're in a grief cycle. 
Again, I'm getting confused because you say, I feel her and I feel her love. That's very hard to feel when you're in a grief cycle. So I've got this love and grief battle going Pain on all love, the time. <laughs> they don't exist without each other. Binary, yin and yang, you know. You can't have one without the other. Nothing is always purely happy. Nothing is still purely sad. They all, everything blends. And that's the beauty of the human experience. It's deliciously confusing. How old are you, Bella Cameron? 30. Oh, get out of it, kid. Get out of it. <laughs> Folks, I only learnt this morning that when Bella was at school, I don't reckon she told me this. She reckons she did in the last episode number 18. I actually ran a leadership program at her school and she said she was in attendance of the Australian Student Leadership Conference held in Townsville. And she also, when I visited her school to run a, a, a leadership program, for her grade, uh, that she was in attendance there. And here she is teaching me absolute heaps. <laughs> <laughs> the world works in mysterious ways, baby. <laughs> it really does. Uh, what is love? What is uh, love, Bella Cameron? I... You're talking about it in, with, with such awareness. So what is it? I think to me, it is where you feel the most safe and comfortable. I, to me, yeah. love is where you can just be in any place or any time, whoever you're with, or even if you just have like self-love for yourself and you can feel purely okay in this world. Love, I think to me, is where you feel okay, safe. And I know they seem quite dull words, but really feeling safe and protected to me in this world yeah. is, is of great value yeah. and feeling not, not afraid, not afraid to be yourself, not afraid to chase things, not afraid to, to dress how you want, look how you want, yeah. live how you want. That, yeah. That's love to me, yeah. feeling safe to do that. Well, dear people, you might consider this an interruption to the podcast. Not so. It is a glorious invitation an invitation for you to join me and many, many others on that mighty trail to Everest Base Camp in Nepal. Or maybe you'd prefer to do Gokyo Lakes. Yes, you've got two choices there and both of them will not let you down. Why? Because you'll be walking under the shadow of the most powerful forces of nature upon our planet. But you're also trekking and hiking with the beautiful Sherpa, who are our guides. Are they the most peaceful tribe of people upon the planet? I think so. And they're beautifully founded in the spirit of Buddhism. Just imagine it. Nature, Himalaya, powerful forces, Sherpaism, Buddhism, all infecting and invading your soul. I'm letting you know now, dear people, you come on the mighty trek that's leaving Australia or entering Nepal on April the 3rd or 4th, 2024, and you cannot return to your home base, your country, the same person as the one who left. It is simply that powerful. Would you love to join us? Here's all you have to do. I want you to take note of this particular number. Now get a pen. I'm going to delay for a second. One, two, three. three seconds I delayed for. Plus six, one. Four, one, two. Nine, eight, two. Four, four, four. 
Now, you text me and say that you're interested, and within 48 hours, I'll have delivered back to you a comprehensive information kit that gives you all the information that you will need to make an informed decision about joining us and the globe on a mighty trek to Everest Base Camp. And please remember that preceding that trek, we're also going to spend two beautiful days with 550 disabled children in Kathmandu. Yes, we built them a brand new school following the earthquakes of 2015, which shattered their classrooms. And and, and I, I, I hesitate to say this, but thankfully they did because the new school that they've got has been a, a new energy for this beautiful community called Kagandra. Dear people, come to Nepal with us where I promise you that your spirit to become that more loving human being generate greater inner happiness. It will be enhanced. Hey, let's go back to this episode of A Journey with Bernie. Are you enjoying it? So, if anyone's confused listening to this, go have a look at the garment and on, online, and it might make a bit more sense. Yeah, we'll, 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 uh, where can they see it? Where can they see the garment? Can you mention that off the top of your head? Um, so you can go through social media to um, Australian Wearable Art, uh, and then you can go to wearableart.com.au um, as well for photos yeah. and anything like that. The Australian Wearable Art Fashion Festival yeah. is where you, where you can find and, it. And is that now the profile pic when they open up the website? Uh, hopefully it will be soon, yes. <laughs> Once the professional photos hit, I think it probably will be. <laughs> I guess what? We only did two words. They we- were courage. And the second word was love. Where's the third the third word that describes the greatest change for Bella since I met her a year ago that's turned her into this person of immense joy now? Courage. Found found courage and more courage and being more love, expressing love. In the process, discovered that Love is the flip side of grief and pain. Called upon my grief and pain and allowed it to become love and you expressed it through your gut. What's the third word? Oh, I'm racking my brain here. I've got a couple, but I would say it's equally, I'm going to be annoying, give you two. It's equally letting go, non-attach, like non-attach, practicing non-attachment and uh, consistency. Go to non-attachment. What's so... I think when we, whenever anyone approaches a project, and this could be anything, you could have projects going on, all kinds of different projects. Sometimes we hold on to an idea too long because yeah. we think it's really important, yeah. but it doesn't serve the purpose. Yeah. Sometimes we hold on to something and it doesn't serve the purpose. There were many times where I, I briefly mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, there were over 100 hours of work that wasn't even seen. There were many times where I had to look outside of myself and really critique myself and really be hard on myself and let go if it wasn't working. Yeah. And I can apply that to many areas of my life now. If something was not serving me for the greater good, regardless of how much energy I put in, regardless of how much love I put into it, regardless of how happy it made me, because they were parts of the garment that didn't end up on the runway that still make me immensely happy, yeah. but it did not serve the greater purpose of making a refined, beautiful piece of art. Yeah. did not serve that purpose. Yeah. So I had to let go. Practice non-attachment. It's not personal. It's not attacking. It's not personal. You just have to let go of things sometimes. I've got a funniest question here. Mm. It's the same principle applied to our relationships. That is, just sometimes we have to let go 
of even our attachment to a person in order to fulfill our greater purpose. Absolutely. You can apply it to anything, anything, Bernie. Even you have to sometimes let go of love because sometimes love isn't enough. Sometimes there, there's the whole piece isn't there. It, it, it might seem like it is. Like there might be a, an aspect of something that seems absolutely perfect. But when you really dig down into the trenches and you really dig it up, when you stop seeing it through like rosy glasses and you yeah. really look at it objectively, yeah. sometimes things are holding us back. And there were parts of the garment construction and working through this whole piece where I was so attached to it. Yeah. I had to let it go. And it did me better for it. Yeah. So, but you can apply it to a whole other things in life. Yeah. You're talking garments. Uh, I, I'm talking people over here because I've taken your beautiful principle and I've got this thing <laughs> in the stack of, back of my mind over here. May, may I please just explore with you because I think you're such an aware person. Are you even dare saying that, that sometimes the feeling of love that we have for an individual sometimes has to be let go of because maybe it's actually compromising the greater purpose of how you feel about yourself. It may even be compromising the, 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 the love you have for you and therefore letting go of that person. I think, yeah? I think when love is created, it is created at a point in time and it will always be linked to a point in time. Yeah. You as a person will outgrow that point in time. Yeah. And I think sometimes you can grow with love. Yeah. Love will grow with you. Or sometimes love will be stagnant and sometimes love can grow away. Yeah. But you start, if you start with love, sometimes it's hard to let go of something because you think love is the be all and end all. And it is. But if love is the only thing that's keeping you there. Yeah also not good. Love has to be in conjunction with all things in life, hard work, discipline, courage. Love is one in, love love is like the top of the pyramid ingredient, but it will fall if it is if it isn't backed by yeah. a really strong backbone of support, communication, being open with yourself, being being driven, being driven. You yeah. can love something. But sometimes if you if that's all you're doing is loving it, if you're not yeah. working for it, if yeah. you're not if you're not devoting time, attention, other things to your life, that love love's only one bit. It is the most potent. But because it is the most potent, it can be blinding as well. Thirty years of age, folks. <laughs> Thirty three zero. You you actually had an experience of love while you were so determined with this project, while you were so attached to the project, <laughs> while you were working in the project. And his name starts with J. <laughs> <laughs> My amazing partner, Josh. Why is he so amazing? Well, I guess regardless of, you know, we've been together for about five years or so. And I think through this process, he really showed up for me in a way, he has always been this way, but I guess I've never been so grateful for him because, you know, other partners would have demanded things from me, being like, you're being selfish, you're putting too much time into a project, you're not giving me enough attention, you know, really like, why are you killing yourself for this? There was none of that. Not once in the nine months did he make me feel guilty about chasing down this dream. He showed up for me on a daily basis, taking on my 
sometimes and a lot of the time towards the end, my share of the domestic duties, you know, keeping the house, keeping the house running, cooking me food, bringing me coffee, bringing me, getting me a bottle of wine if I was needing, you know, having a glass of wine because I'm so stressed at the end of the night. (laughs) He, he would do anything. He would just come in. I, we have this thing in in my house. I'll ask him, Josh, I need a hug of encouragement. I just need a big hug of encouragement. Like, and he would just come give me like the biggest hug and just tell me I've got this and he believes in me and yeah, he didn't demand anything from me. And that is really special. He, he could see my potential. He could see that it was going places. And even if it wasn't, he's done this with other projects before, but this particular project, he really gave up a lot of his own personal time and, and uh, projects to really just focus on my project. And there were many days he was in the studio with me, sewing metal, constructing with metal, you know, doing really hard tasks. And we had to repeat processes many times. He had yeah. to do tasks that didn't work the first time we'd have to do it again and do it again and do it again and he did grumble sometimes at having to repeat some processes <laughs> I'm not going to say he never complained but he still showed up and yeah. he he was still there and he uh, you know he never put pressure on me to go out and do social things he just allowed me to be in my space work really hard and um what he said to me after the show, I mean, it was amazing walking the runway as the winner and looking at his face in the crowd was one of the most special moments ever because I think we are both in disbelief. I was like, I was like, I love you. <laughs> I just mouthed him like, I love you. Um, I think we're both like, what's going on? But also I could just see in his face he was so proud of me. But afterwards what he said to me was he said, you made me proud like the daily grind made me proud. You just worked and worked and worked. And after the fittings, when I had to cut things apart and redo it and redo it and redo it again, he's like, you just kept going. He said, you didn't let it put you down or stop you. Or if you did let it get you down, you got over it fairly quickly and you moved on. He said, you just kept persevering. And he's seen me through many ups and downs where maybe I didn't persevere. I gave into the negative negativity and just said, you know what? to hell with it I'm done with it but this time I just I kept going and he he you know he was definitely one of the key facilitators Mm. to that he was there in the trenches with me I'm so grateful to him and I tell him that all the time Bella in a single sentence what does Josh teach us about love a single sentence what does Josh teach you what does Josh teach us that is love I wouldn't be the person who I am without him. He has brought this out in me. I, When I met him, I was a shell of a person. He has made me feel safe in this world. Safe is a big thing for wow. me. I always need to feel safe and cosy. He has made me feel safe so I can truly be the person who I am. And that is love to me. Like I... He has seen me through the ugly, the beautiful, the painful, everything. He has seen me and not once has he flinched at who I am. Josh gave you the space to yeah. be Bella. He, 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 he brought it out in me. Yeah. It was very unexpected. Yeah. 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 He's amazing. He really wow, is. What a great. It's very special. What a great message. Mm. Yeah. Ah, how good is Josh, eh? 
So for this loaded question, I reckon we can all take a leaf out of that man's book and realize that love is an action. And the actions of love, which are continuous, which are sustainable, they are driven by the joy you receive when you enhance the welfare of others, just like Josh did for Bella, day in, day out. So let me ask you this question. I'm asking myself the same question. What if we did a Josh and truly dedicated ourselves to being love in action, not just in feeling, but in action, manifesting love in the world, in everything we do? Imagine if that's how we lived our lives. Who would we become? What would be the benefits? And let's make it really easy on ourselves to begin with. With whom would we start? Our spouse, our best friend, our parent. And I don't know about you, but I am seeing some truly gorgeous possibilities. You have utilized the world of our technology and our media to actually engage and bring in other people, not only into your world, but you've infected them. <laughs> it's like I love a pandemic. <laughs> Crochet taking over the world. <laughs> we'll see. Next year's podcast. <laughs> I, I, want you to, I want you to comment on, on that community world that you were talking about before, please, and how that has happened. I, I, I guess, I mean, any advice to anyone who wanting who is wanting to create their own community online and really foster their own own little piece of the world online. I never went into it wanting to develop a community. Not that I didn't want that. But my my goal wasn't to be like I need this many people to be backing. I never went into it having numbers or or goals in mind with that. I guess I just I posted and I interacted with people and when I commented when I commented back, I thoughtfully commented back and, and got involved in as many people's comments and interactions as I could. And slowly, when I started to like live stream and bring people into the process, um, they, they were on the journey with me. And then I opened up an application for people to send me flowers, physically crochet me flowers to use in the garment for the runway because a lot of crocheters uh, throughout history haven't had any acknowledgement or people just think of crochet as this cute, quirky hobby, yes? You guys, you guys in the chance to actually be part of the garment? Yeah. I wanted them – I wanted as many people's work to be on the runway because – Did you tell them what colours the flowers had to be? I did have a document. Yeah, I had a PDF. Oh, okay. I had a PDF document of, I think, six different flowers with colour suggestions, but I really wanted people to have their own personal flair on things. I, I didn't really limit them in any way, and I still have lots left over because you are all so generous. <laughs> so generous. I can't wait to use them in more public projects. Uh, but – yeah, and and people who sent me these flowers are from all over Canada, New Zealand, USA, um, Europe, oh, everywhere. And they took the time, like we were talking about this earlier. They made the flowers. They walked to the post office and posted me posted me things to use for their garment, like the generosity. And every time they wrote me a note, all these notes are on my wall in my studio now because they all took the time to write me a handwritten note. And most of the time they'd put something cute in there for me that the, the kindness they, they exist to me 
was just life-changing, like their little parcels. I did a series on my TikTok called Unboxing Happy Mail. I would call it Happy Mail. I was like, today we've got Happy Mail from Nancy and I would unbox it with them and I would unbox it on camera so they could see me like enjoying what they sent and I would get super excited because every time I didn't really know what they were going to send me and I was yeah. I was just elated that people took the time to be involved and I truly mean this like thank you to everyone who submitted flowers and it was a joy to see your work on the runway because crocheters have been here for a long time with very little recognition people don't take it seriously and that we are talented humans and I wanted everyone to have a piece of that success with me on the yeah. runway. What, what about that lady in Brisbane? Who? Yeah, Kath. Uh, What's Kath, her name? Kath, Catherine. She's amazing. She, I call her like my OG follower. She met me at What's a... What's OG? Original. <laughs> As the kids say, Bernie, I'm not very good with the kid link. <laughs> uh, I call her like my OG follower. <laughs> she came to a meet and greet over a year ago. What's a meet and greet? Well, where people could come and meet me and talk to me. It was at a Brisbane local market. Um, the Brisbane made local market got me to set up an exhibition of my crochet work and I was crocheting live while the market was going on. It was just a way to interact with people and talk about crochet. So I invited anyone from like TikTok or social media to come and talk to me and meet me. Um, and Catherine came. And at the time, I think I had about a thousand followers. So yeah. Still a great following, but but now I've got about fifty thousand. So she met me. She met me at the crux of when things started to go quite well online, and she just gave me so much like love straight away. And she said, "Bella, like this time in a year, you're like you're going places, and I'm here for it. I'm on the journey." And I was like, "Kath, oh, I don't know what you're talking about here." Like, oh, again, I didn't really believe in myself too much. I was like, "Oh, she she really thinks I'm gonna do this." <laughs> she believed before I believed, and yeah. I. I am so grateful, to, so grateful to her. And she sent me, I think, four packages or three to four packages through this whole process. Yeah. Just off the kindness of yeah. her, of herself, she sent me care packages for the runway. She even included like band-aids for my model because she knew Band-aids I was, for your model? Yeah, what for, the, for the shoes. Gonna, oh, okay. Because they've got to wear really intense shoes, Bernie. And Catherine knew I would forget them because she knows me so well. Right. Like she knew me so well that she put a little gift package together on things that she knew I would forget. <laughs> And I packed it for the runway. And let me tell you, everyone was using it, not just me, but other people were like, do you have band-aids? I was like, yes, yes, I do. Thank you, Catherine. <laughs> you know, like she thoughtfully, very thoughtfully, wasn't just putting things in a box. Like she thought it out and sent it to me. And You tell me she sent you a bottle of gin. <laughs> she did include a little bottle of vodka, actually. A bit of vodka, To yeah. help me help the nerves. Because <laughs> she, she knew I'd be a mess. <laughs> she she really thought about everything and what like who does that? That's it. I've got to I've got to meet this days? woman, She's Catherine. Amazing. If you're listening to this, I want to podcast you, Catherine. Yep. This is your official right? call out, Catherine. <laughs> 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 She's amazing. I'm yeah. so and she came to the show on the Saturday night and I was just oh, so happy that she was there. Wow. It was beautiful to see her. For anyone out there who's going through the struggle and has been in the struggle for for quite a while and you wanted to help them move forward. Give them three pieces of advice, please. Three pieces of advice on how to move out of the struggle and accelerate your movement forward. What would you say? 
I would just say be kind to yourself first. You can't beat yourself out of a struggle. You can't beat yourself into succeeding. You have to really treat yourself with kindness first. So if you're finding you're stagnant, don't be beating yourself up that you're stagnant. Stagnant. To be kind, what what do they look for in themselves so they can be kind? Um, I wouldn't say looking for. I would say what is it doing that is kind to yourself. Elaborate. So like self-care. You know, treat... Treat yourself with kindness. Take yourself outside. Take yourself outside for a walk. Journal. Do a face mask. Luxuriate in the process of doodling in a journal. Like just enjoy the little things in life. Allow yourself to slow down. Be kind to yourself. Show yourself daily gratitude and kindness. Allow yourself that space. And then when you feel recovered from whatever you're going through, You will then be ready because you've been building up your building up your strength for yeah. for a while. That's what I had to do anyway. Yeah, but I, but I heard a lot of a lot of things there. First of all, you said slow down. Mm. You said you almost indicated that's really important part of the process. You have got to mm. slow down and dare I say what you said earlier: create space. Slow down and create space for new doors and opportunities to open. Hey, I said three things, and we're only talk, we've only spoken about one. Three pieces of advice, okay? What's the what's the second one? So we've we've talked about slowing down. I would say the next. No, part- I introduced slowing down. You can't claim that as oh, your own. I, much apologies. <laughs> you said be kind. Be kind, okay. Yeah. Be kind. Be kind to yourself. I would say. Once you've then recuperated your energy yeah. and you're you're now feeling more energized to take on more things, yeah. again, take your time to take on more things. Don't jump into the first thing that someone offers you. You really have to then conserve your energy even more because yeah. you don't know what's around the corner. So you have to actively be very selective as to what you say yes to. So that goes back to the saying no to people. So now that you've conserved your energy, you're going to want to go out and be like, yes, 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 take on all the things. You'll just deplete yourself all over again. You've got to conserve your energy. You have to be really protective of yourself because no one's going to do that but you. So you really have to protect this cocoon of energy that you've made for yourself. So once you are now ready to take on new opportunities, be selective. Um, actively just say yes to things that truly serve you. And if it, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Number three. Number three, once you've got it, once you've found out the spark, once you've found that that journey that you're on, run and run hard with it. Once you've conserved your energy, you've gotten to the point where you've prioritized yourself, you've got what you wanted, there's no stopping you now. Don't doubt yourself. Yeah. Actually tackle it down yeah. with with force. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was joking to Bernie earlier when we were having coffee being like, last year I said I was going to be crochet famous. And I, <laughs> everyone looked at me like I had lost my absolute mind because they're like, that's just delusional. Um, but you know what? I wouldn't say I'm crochet famous now. But what I will say is, I mean, in a, in a year – for the crochet, for, for me in my little crochet world, it has opened up drastically yeah. because I was delusional to think that it could actually happen. Yeah. So once you've got it, once you've got your spark, don't let anyone tell you it's not good enough. Don't let anyone tell you it's the wrong path. Yeah. Don't let anyone make you feel like you're not valid. Yeah. And if they're making you feel like that, they're not your people. And yeah. it could be anyone. Yeah. You know, it could be the closest people in your life can sometimes be the naysayers. Yeah. You have to really block all that out and just have – faith that you've done the work to get here. You're yeah. here for a reason. It's time for you to 
see that through now. Yeah. So really have guts and chase after it once you've got the energy. I just loved you said run, but it's not run away from it. It's like run with it. Run into yeah. it. Yeah. 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 And take it with you. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. run fast with it. Yeah. 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 I treat my art and my cro- my crochet art like it is the most precious thing in the world to me because yeah. the ability to have hands and the ability to have a body that allows me to create and uh, the ability to do this is so very precious. It's yeah. so privileged to have it. So I protect it like it's my most valuable possession because yeah. it is. Yeah. And you fiercely protect that yeah. passion. Yeah. No one else is going to do that but you. Bella Cameron, um, I just want to take a little moment here right now because I'm winding up, right? But I just I just want to select the exactly right words to sort of like, you know, congratulate you and, and, and thank you. Here it goes. What a joy. What a joy it is to even contemplate the last year that you have, um, you have experienced. What a joy it is to meet someone a year ago and you give me the privilege of now seeing you here today. And to think that in the space of a year, a, uh, a being can transition themselves from um, being, in a, being in a place that you were, you were, you were trying to leave behind um, and through courage through love, but recognizing oh, that phrase you used about love is the face of grief and suffering that comes in so many different forms and the determination to chase what is an extension of you. What a joy it is to actually hear that, that story. Thank you for having me back. I, when when we reached out to each other, I just thought it was worth telling. Yeah. Because I know so many people don't feel like their passions are valid, and yeah. you can make anything into a beautiful life. But even in twelve months, <laughs> even in just twelve months, yeah, absolutely, you, it's there for the taking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would want to encourage the listeners, please. It's episode number eighteen. Um, and whatever episode number this is, I, I would I would really advocate to you that you listen to both, because the duality of both collectively that is the remarkable Bella Cameron story. Op two <laughs> now means actually means very little, doesn't it? Oh well. Yeah, I guess, but you can put intelligence into everything. That's right, yeah, yeah. But you, it can't replace that passion mm. and that stuff that is an extension of mm. who you are. Mm. Bella, thanks ever so much, darling. Thank it's you, Bernie. A, it's a pleasure. Such a joy. We have to, so much fun. To have it, you here. It's awesome. Yeah, and it's been uh, a privilege that this particular podcast has been part of your life. And please, don't you ever forget it. What's the name of it? Kath. No, not Kat. No, no, no Kat. The name of the podcast you do feature. What's the name of the podcast? Journey with Bernie. No, not Journey with what, Bernie. What are we a, a, a journey. Journey with a journey with Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Did we muck that up or what? You know? <laughs> Cheers, dear people. Love you all. <laughs> bye bye. Well, good people. What did you think of that episode? I don't know about you. But I just loved it. 
I just love hearing of people's journeys and their stories that allow us to be able to identify what strategies and actions, routines, disciplines, ways of seeing self in the world that we can consider so that you and I, through their story, can become a more loving human being. Now, glued to this particular episode, of course, is Chipster, Lachlan Huddy. And our editor and producer is now going to deliver Chip's take-home pay, a four-minute summary of the actions and the strategies that you and I might consider in order to become that more loving human being. Hey, over to you, Chipster. Well, man, once again, my fellow adventurers, I'm Chip Huddy, and this is Chip's take-home pay. Let's get straight into it, because I've got heaps to talk about and I want to keep it straightforward and to the point. You know what I loved about this episode? Even though Bella and Bernie spoke about so many things, I could see this one unifying theme tying it all together. Now, Bella touched upon it when she mentioned the shadow side. Okay, She said that pain is the shadow side of love. Pain is the memory that someone was there. Now, please indulge me for just a moment, dear people. This is going to sound a bit abstract, but I promise to bring it down to earth. Now, there's a concept in philosophy called the unity of opposites. Now, what that means is that opposites, cold, hot, weak, strong, happiness, unhappiness, these opposites aren't at war, right, but are actually just at opposite ends of a continuum of change. Okay, now in plain terms, what does that mean? It means, and I love this, it's so simple, it's so powerful. It means that the road up and the road down are the same thing. The road up and the road down are the same thing. They're the same road. Like Bella said, that's the beauty of the human experience. It's deliciously confusing. Now, I want to draw your attention to three points in the episode that I think best illuminate this idea. First of all, When Bella talked about not being afraid of rejection, not fearing failure, because no one ever achieves anything without first falling on their face. Only by embracing failure, allowing it to become your teacher, can you achieve any kind of success. Failure is the shadow side of success, the other end of the continuum. It's the downward sloping road that also leads you to the top of the hill. A second example, Bella talks about bucking social expectations. She had pressure on her to go into the corporate sector, get the career, get the husband, get the kids. And she chose a path that gave her none of those things. And she's happier than ever. But to get there, she had to struggle against that social pressure. Now, to most of us, struggle seems like the opposite of happiness. And in many ways, it it really is. But one of the divinely comic facts of human existence is that happiness can't be achieved without struggle. Meaning cannot be achieved without struggle. Now, why do we think that is? I wouldn't presume to have a definitive answer, but have a think about this. Struggle brings about growth. Growth is literally becoming better. And can you think of a greater expression of love? What better way to show love for self, love for others, and love for the world than making yourself better? The struggle towards growth is the downward road into the dark valley 
that also leads you up into the light. And the light is where you will find happiness. Third and final example. This one's a cracker. Okay, Bella spoke beautifully about the overwhelming sense of love she felt after breaking through the grief of losing her babushka and how she then worked that sense of love into the garment itself. So the experience of that grief, the struggle with that grief, was what allowed her to feel that love and to then pour that love into a piece of art that connected with and evoked other people's emotions on a fundamental and fundamentally beautiful level. The garment became an expression of Bella's growth. And what did we say before? Growth is one of the greatest expressions of love. And I adore this example because it's such a perfect illustration of love for self, okay? Because Bella was able to process her own grief and pain from losing her babushka in the making of the garment. And also love for others because this garment then literally becomes something that makes people happy when they see it. And lastly, it's an expression of love for the world itself because she's brought something beautiful and affecting into the world. She's literally made the world a better place. And all of this because she passed through grief, the shadow side of love, she achieved growth, and that growth brought joy to herself, to others, and to the world. All of which is to say, dear people, Next time you're struggling, next time you're really down in the doldrums, you just remember the way that got you there could be and probably will be the same way that lifts you back up because the road up and the road down are the same thing. All right, that's all from me, dear listeners. I'm Chip Huddy. This has been Chip's Take Home Pay, and I do hope you found some pay worth taking home. And as always, Auf Wiedersehen. Ah, that was gold, dear people. That was Lachlan Huddy and Chip's take-home pay. Simple strategies, aren't they? Just humble suggestions taken specifically from this episode. And you know and I know that if we implement them into our lives, it's just going to help us to be happier, a more beautiful human being and a more loving one at that. And who doesn't want that happening in their lives? Oh, dear people, I do hope this episode of A Journey with Bernie had a positive impact upon you. I can't wait to deliver the next one. Hey, it's just around the corner. Please enjoy this journey of life. Embrace this journey. And in the meantime, dear people, just remember this. Remember this.